There's always something hot happening in South Florida. Talk now with Brian Mudd on News Radio 610 WIOD. Yeah, it is 11:35 on this Thursday. Hope it's treating you well. If it isn't, just go outside. I mean, even just for a few minutes, it is just amazing today. Um, all right, so we got a lot going on, and you know, aside from all the drama and everything we talked about at the onset of the show, whatever the heck it was Biden did earlier this morning, and whatever will be with all this January 6th stuff today, got a lot that's getting ready to take place here in our state, including the state session that's right around the corner. Joining us to talk about some of our state's festivities, our former Lieutenant Governor Carlos Lopez Cantera. may follow him at Lopez Cantera. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year, Brian. It's good to hear your voice again. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, I I enjoyed the break, but I really was uh, looking forward to getting back uh, behind the mic for sure. Uh, and uh, it's it's been good. It's been a, a festive week at that. And you know about this. So you you take a look at the surge of cases. It's happening around the world, the country, and of course here in Florida, we're experiencing the highest levels, pacing you know the highest population adjusted cases and the like. Uh, obviously, the criticism is out there for you know Governor DeSantis and his administration on the handling of things. I'm curious to get your thoughts on whether you th- you would do anything different if you were still in office. Well, it's, it's funny. So when it's when it's leveled at DeSantis, it's criticism. When it's leveled at Biden, it's praise. So you gotta you gotta <laughs> measure where what's the source of the criticism. If it's the mainstream media, of course they're gonna criticize uh, DeSantis. If he walked on water, they would say he, you know he's too good to get his feet wet. <laughs> Sure enough. So is it safe to say that you think the state's handling this surge appropriately? I do. I mean, look, I, I, uh, it, it's definitely um, something that was a surprise to all of uh, all of us. I mean, but if you look at the numbers, the amount of, of hospitalizations and deaths are down in comparison to the previous year. Um, no, no death is, is acceptable, obviously, but it, the, the numbers show that this 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 Omicron variant is less severe. It hit my house uh, the week, uh, the December 26th. Uh, my house, we got it. My daughter's got it. I got it. And frankly, uh, I've had colds that were worse. Um, now, that's not to minimize it. it you know, it's, it's, it's the coronavirus. But, you know, uh, I think that um, they're going to find anything they can criticize DeSantis about, uh, no matter how he handles it. I think that the governor's done a great job. I think that he was treated unfairly uh, when they were all saying he was missing in action when he was actually tending to his family. Um, but, you know, a lot of what happens behind the scenes, you know, the governor is always working. The governor's team is always working. Just because there's not a press conference, or there's not a camera on top of them covering the work doesn't mean that work isn't occurring. Um, there's always something going on. They're always on top of something. So to criticize is, is easy. But when you know what actually happens behind the scenes, uh, you know that somebody's always working. The EOC is always staffed. They're always on top of it. They're always uh, doing missions. They're always tending to needs. So there's always work going on. Glad to hear that you and your family uh, are well and, and that it was only benign with you. And, and that does seem to be the order of the day, that this strain is, uh, for most people, not that big of a deal, other than it being highly contagious. And uh, you know, to that end, a couple of things here. Um, I think we're seeing some real holes in the way that reporting is done generally. And I don't think it's helpful for those that are trying to take the next step to work our way out of the pandemic. 
you had Jackson Health that came out earlier this week that really helped shine some light on this, where they, they kind of held up their hand and said, hey, um, yes, we have all these patients that are being reported as COVID hospitalizations, but fact of the matter is just over half of them are not here for COVID. They contracted it, but that's not why they're here. How big of a, a hole is it that we have people that are hospitalized for non-COVID reasons that are being reported as COVID hospitalizations? You know, that should be a footnote in every reporting of every number of hospitalizations across the country. How many people came into the hospital because of COVID symptoms and how many came in with a broken leg? And because of our protocols of testing, we found out that they were positive, even though they were asymptomatic. That is a huge, huge distinction that is not being reported enough because, well, it probably doesn't fall into the narrative that some of these mainstream media outlets are looking to push but that's a big distinction that should be noted every single time. And to your points on deaths, that's what I'm tracking most closely. And we've averaged 22 a day over the past week. That's the lowest level since April of 2020 when the number of cases was nil compared to where we are just in case levels today. So, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic at this point that you know, maybe this is where we work our way out of it. I'm more concerned about politicians this side of our state's leadership and how they handle things uh, than, than perhaps even where we go with the virus um, You know, at, at this stage. So uh, we're, we're coming up on the state session, one of the big items, of course, redist- redistricting. And we talked about it a little bit. Have you heard anything else about that process, where we stand, have any expectations? I've only heard anecdotally through conversations with uh, different legislators. Um, they... They don't know where they stand, many of them. Uh, so that's, and that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, it's because the process is not supposed to favor or disfavor any individual or any party or, or any caucus. And from the conversations I had, had with them about the upcoming election cycle, some of them still don't know if they're going to end up into a seat that will, uh, force them to run against one of their colleagues in a primary or force them to run against one of their colleagues in a general. Uh, because the lines shift and it, it occurred in 2012 where a couple legislators around the state ended up living in the same district as one of their uh, pre-existing colleagues. So the process will work its way out. I'm, I'm confident they're doing it the way they're supposed to do it. And uh, I think about uh, middle of February, we'll probably have a much better idea of where the lines are actually going to fall. You've had a number of notable uh, Democrat defections, retirements, um, you know, just leaving office that have been announced since last fall, uh, which, you know, reading the tea leaves says a lot about expectations for the midterm election cycle. Are you surprised that Stephanie Murphy in particular in Central Florida, who had been, you know, one of the real Democrat rising stars as recently as last year, that she decided to not run for re-election? I was surprised, yet not surprised because she was already looking for something else to do. She was going to run for governor. She was going to run for the United States Senate. Um, not a lot of talk until those options were, were foreclosed to her by her party leadership because they selected somebody else that wasn't her to run for those positions. And, um, and you know, she probably saw the writing on the wall. Uh, her district is, was a swing district. And uh, the political winds of, of, of 2022, I think everybody can agree, are swinging against Democrats. And rightfully so, uh, because they deserve to be swinging the other way, because Democrat leadership is, is failing this, this nation and, and this, this state. Although we don't have a lot of Democratic leadership in this state, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, you're, 
your your lips to God's ears. I mean, it's one of the things I was you know talking about that uh, you know separately in my other show this morning. The only difference between the Chicago school district that is shut down by teachers unions right now in the state of Florida is that the state stood in the way of the teachers unions that were trying to shut down our schools time after time after time. We can never take for granted that every election has a consequence and our leadership, especially at the state level. I mean, we are 42,000 votes away back in 2018 from having lived through this thing with Gillum. Lord only knows. So anyway, Carlos Lopez Cantera, always a pleasure, sir. I look forward to talking to you next week. Same here, Brian. Best to you and your audience. All right, and uh, you may follow him at Lopez Cantera on Twitter. And uh, we got Q&A of the day. I was going somewhere with that whole Stephanie Murphy thing and, and also Congress. What Democrat defections from Congress indicate for the midterms? We'll get to that next. You're the Brian Mudd Show. He's ready to go 610 WIOD.